Hello and welcome to the WAMDA podcast. My name is Triska Hamid and I'm the editor at WAMDA. Every so often, a new technological sensation seems to grip the world's youth, whether we're talking about Snapchat a few years ago or more recently Pokemon Go. Over this past year or so, one particular platform seems to have truly gripped the entire Generation Z population. TikTok. What started out as an app for lip-syncing and dance videos has become a global behemoth, garnering 1 billion users across 150 countries. But TikTok is as controversial and political as it is popular. Its parent company is ByteDance, based in China, and has been accused of sharing user data with the Chinese government. Back in late 2020, former US President Trump attempted to ban TikTok in the US, citing threats to national security. And he's not alone in his views. India recently banned the platform too. Of course, these are allegations that TikTok denies. In the Middle East, it seems that we don't share the same concerns as Trump. And while the company doesn't break down its user base and MENA, it has been growing. I spoke with Rami Zaydan, head of video and creative at TikTok Middle East and North Africa, about why the app has become so popular here and how startups and brands can also utilize the platform and become TikTok famous. Rami, thank you for doing this podcast. Let's get down to the stats. Let's see how uh, TikTok has grown in the region. How many users do we have across MENA? Um, so thank you for having us. This is uh, an extremely exciting time for us to talk about TikTok. Um, while I can't share with you some local, uh, local insights on our local numbers, I can tell you that there have been a couple of global updates in terms of being the number one most downloaded app worldwide for six or seven consecutive months, if not more. Uh, we're now been recorded to have more time spent than leading platforms uh, around the internet. Uh, we've come to see an amazing adoption from users and creators on TikTok in MENA. And the biggest highlight of all of that is what started as an idea called Musical.ly a couple of years ago, now known as TikTok, has become a transition from lip sync and dance all the way to an explosion of variety of content. We now have people teaching English, we now have people doing life coaching, we now have people cooking, we now have people doing sports, we now have people doing electronic gaming, music, uh, you name it, the categories there. And there's so much potential in this market that makes it very exciting. Before we talk about the content side of things, can you give us any indication of um, how much TikTok has grown in the region? How, how many followers do the top uh, TikTok influencers based in the region have? Give us some stats, some data to work with. I mean, I'll, I'll give you some, some signals of, uh, of growth. So obviously, um, we, we are blessed to be a two-year-old company in a 10-year-old industry, but already forced to mature to act and deliver like a 10-year-old uh, platform. So we do have creators who have crossed the 5-6 million mark. We do have challenges that have crossed the 1 billion streams mark. On average, uh, a challenge on TikTok can go anywhere from 50 million views up to a billion, depending on the category, depending on the coverage, whether it's MENA, whether it's GCC specific, whether it's education only. Um, in fact, one of our most popular uh, challenges is actually an education one. It's called Alimni or Teach Me. 
which has crossed the 1 billion views mark. Um, and that only comes to show that because of the way we are structured and because of how we deliver the content, because it's personalized, because it's not based on who you follow, because it's very much about discovery of content, that we're able to scale to deliver such numbers. Okay. So when did TikTok open its local office in Dubai? So pretty much we've started around, I think, two years ago or so. That's when we you know, started having presence here in the region. And our main focus was to ensure that the global, uh, the global infrastructure that we have that connects us to 150 countries, 75 languages and multiple cultures allows us to bring that bridge in, the bridge of cultures, but allows us also to localize. Every single market has its own you know, uh, guidelines. Every single market has its own trends, has its own culture. Uh, and then there's the common culture that unites humanity all over the world. So uh, our local teams are being built to support in various areas. One, uh, we are here to support creators, find their creative aspirations, uh, get to what they want, become famous by design, not just by chance. And by famous, we're not necessarily talking about followers. We're talking about connecting beyond the feed, what they do on TikTok and how that allows them to do stuff beyond TikTok. And, you know, obviously on the business side, we've got you know, fast-growing team that's dedicated to help businesses. We're talking big brands, we're talking small businesses, we're talking Arab businesses, we're talking international businesses and everything in between. What I'm quite interested in is the evolution of TikTok and how people are using it. Like you said, it started off as this lip-syncing platform and it seemed to appeal only to the young. Um, but it's it feels like an overnight growth that has happened, particularly during the pandemic last year. Was it an overnight success? So the overnight success, I think, is where we found a sweet spot um, or a gap in the market that allowed us to play a game that's not the social media game. Um, so we don't consider ourselves a social media platform. We consider ourselves a short form video platform for creative expression. Now, while this may sound like a marketing slogan, it really isn't. Um, what we've chosen to do is we've said, we want to live through to two statements. Statement number one is we want to inspire creativity to bring joy. This means we want to be focused on the creators and the people who are creating content, whether it's performance or education, anything in between, which means the narrative of showing you what I'm doing or showing you my glamorous lifestyle or that narrative of this is what's happening with me now is excluded from the TikTok feed. Strategically, that allowed us to create a homogeneous feed that is focused on creative expression. That's why people are binging content on TikTok like they binge content on other platforms because every video feeds into the same mood. Every video feeds to the same interest. How many minutes are people spending on TikTok consuming this content? So like, you know, like the various platforms, we're crossing around an hour a day uh, and people are, you know, the, 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 the level of engagement that we're seeing, um, the level of sharing that we're seeing, the level of um, uh, time spent per session that we're seeing is, is, is pretty phenomenal. And the interesting part about that goes back to the, the three areas I'm talking about. Number one is the mere fact that we've excluded the social narrative and we're focused on creative expression. Number two, it's focused on how the app is designed, which means we are personalized for discovery not based on who you follow. So I could be a creator with 10,000 views and I could have a video that has 1 million views. Um, so 10,000 followers, 1 million views, very super easy. And the third thing is TikTok as, as, a, as, a, as a platform, as a technology, 
is a very, uh, you know, it has its basic uh, 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 editing features. So you're talking about over 25 editing features from timer to speed to voiceover to voice mixer, all this stuff that makes creation so easy. So we've expanded the ability for anyone to create content. And that's where challenges play a role in inspiring creativity, hence giving you half the idea to do it. So what people end up doing is, hey, I can do this. This is just like me. And that's, I think, what's attributing back to that amazing overnight success. So first, it was people feeling that people who are trying it, they were feeling that, hey, that's just like me. Hey, I can do this. Hey, this is fun. Hey, I can do this with my dad. Hey, I can do this with my grandfather. Hey, I can do this with my kids. Hey, I can do this with my friend. And then eventually, when the pandemic hit over in 2020, people stayed at home. And people started saying, there's this thing called TikTok. Let me check what it's about. And people started discovering, is well, there's the fun stuff that people are enjoying, and but there's a lot more. And people started getting hooked up. And this is where we started pushing, all right, let's do learning. Let's do electronic gaming. Let's do fashion beyond you know, the glamours. Let's do transitions. Let's do fun stuff. Uh, we had a challenge called the One Minute Makeup Challenge. Um, and Huda Beauty was part of that as well. And basically, it was all about, can you finish a makeup look in 60 seconds? And people just had so much fun with this. We're bringing fun into everything. We're bringing joy into whether you're watching or you're doing. The joy goes both ways. How crucial was the video editing tools and the ease of it to going beyond the lip syncing and the, and the dance uh, challenges that came about into uh, other content creation and, and the education side of things as well? I think it played a big role. The, the ability to create content on the spot and not have to create videos outside and then edited them and have the skills to use external tools and all of that allowed more people to get into the creation game. There's a lot of creators that do great and there's a lot of creators that create videos outside the app and then they upload it onto TikTok and they also do great. Um, but the people who don't have those skill sets or who don't wanna do that and they say wanna do memes, there's a lot of creators who don't like to talk to video. So they do a meme. So it's a, a meme is generally something that, an idea that you can reproduce your own way and it could have an effect, a text, a music, or and basically the idea itself. So a lot of people end up using the trending music and then they put messages and then they put text on cue with the music to make a point and people have fun with it. And the ability to do that, to let a text appear on a certain time and disappear on a certain time and then sync it on beat with the music and use music that's popular, that's familiar, is playing a key role in allowing people to recreate ideas that they see around and allowing them to do stuff so easily. Um, and there's a lot more, a lot of people don't know what to publish. So they publish a video, then they get comments, then they reply to the comment with the video, and that's a post. And that atomization or that, when we broke the barrier down to creation, we started getting a wider variety of people to create content. When we started showcasing the challenges, uh, highlighting creators who are doing amazing ideas, people start sort of replicating, right? It's, it's an idea of, idea that gets seeded by someone and then it just, gets reproduced so many times that people just start jumping on it. And I think that's that's what's allowing this uh, to grow, the ease of creating the content. I think what's quite unique about TikTok is this community sense. Unlike, say, Instagram, where it's about you uh, and you're projecting yourself onto the world, uh, this feels like you're part of something bigger and you're just one person in a wider community. Would you would you agree with that? Of course. In fact, one of the things that we always discuss at TikTok is what is our role 
in the creators community and what is our role and our you know uh, our gameplay our objective to supporting the creators economy so today a lot of people or creators you know they're famous on social they get paid by brands but there are some case studies in TikTok that we're very proud of there's a guy in Saudi Arabia who started on TikTok and is now signing his first Netflix deal because he opened uh, an account and he started practicing acting and he went from lip syncing acting to creating his own mini series we featured him on a rotana program last year now he's signing a deal with netflix we also had two people cast for a movie in netflix a series in netflix called the platform they were shooting an episode in abu dhabi we now have a partnership with mbc academy that's allowing us to sort of work with them hand in hand in order for us to surface and find talents whether be it acting, whether be it writing, not everyone likes to be in front of the camera. So we try to play a role in that. And that's why we founded our own academy, which we call TikTok Creators Academy. It's meant to educate people about simple, easy tutorials on TikTok, how to create content. It's meant to showcase what's trending. If you want to come up with ideas, here are the ideas that you can do. We do a lot of workshops. We've done over 200 workshops last year teaching people by category, mentoring creators, TikTok 101, both showcasing amazing content and how features work. And we've done customized workshops and all that stuff. And then you put all of that together, you start working on a much bigger thing on how can we really start putting our hands in the hands of everyone who's contributing to this economy, whether it's another academy or whether it's another project that a university is doing or it's another project that a publisher is doing. Um, Cosmopolitan magazine last year came to us and said, we're in lockdown, we can't have photo shoots and we want to shoot out a summer look. We need, we need. is there anything we can do with TikTok? We said, yes, give us a summer looks instead of a photo shoot, we'll give you a TikTok. Uh, and that's what we did. We went to our fashion creators, we gave them the summer looks and we created TikToks and it was the first collaboration that we ended up doing with them. So it's about allowing our creators to find their ambition to do what they want to do on TikTok and beyond. Whether I'm a teacher, I want to get queries for people to learn from me. And when we're talking teachers, we're not just talking math and algebra or life coaching. We're talking creative, someone who wants to teach lighting or photography or someone who wants to teach you know, voice acting or stand-up comedy or improv. Um, the performance art industry in our region has still got a long way to go and to maturity, which is an amazing opportunity to say, if you want to do this full-time or on the side, we're going to facilitate that connection. We're going to allow you to participate in something like Memes Fest or Comedy Talk, Family Talk, uh, that will allow you to start connecting and playing. So that's that's sort of the role that you want to play. I'm interested in, in the influences that have emerged. They seem to be a new breed. I want to talk about, um, you know, how the TikTok influencers differ from others and what that means overall for influencer marketing, particularly in the region. There seems to be little crossover just because you're an influencer on another platform doesn't necessarily mean you'll get those followers and those views on TikTok uh, and, and vice versa. So let's talk a little bit about how one becomes an influencer and uh who who is this new new TikTok influencer typically? Absolutely, and I think that's a great question. I think the short answer is if you're a creator who has a strategic content strategy, like what that means is I know what my page is about. It's not about what I'm doing every day. I'm either a comedian, I'm either a chef, 
I'm either a beauty and style expert, I'm either an English teacher, life coach. If I'm consistently communicating or talking about or performing what my what my identity, that's how you become a TikTok creator. People, if they want to watch your lifestyle, they'll go to Instagram. That's why on TikTok, you can connect your Instagram to your TikTok account, right? Because if you want to show your image, you want to show how you live, that's where you go. If you want to perform or educate or share information, you come to TikTok. And the formula is very simple. If you are consistently posting, say you're posting every day and you're on point and you're on strategy and you're doing some of the challenges so that you showcase your personality, you're going live so that you engage and communicate with your audience. If you're consistent, both in active rate and both in content and context, you're going to you're gonna grow so fast. We've seen so many people hit 2 million followers in a year. We've seen so many people hit 1 million followers in three months because of consistency. So having an idea, being consistent allows you to do that. Um, when we talk about being on TikTok, we're saying be real and authentic. Open the camera and start talking to people. Start sharing your stuff. If you don't want to talk, do vlogs. Use music. Use text. There's so many ways for everybody to do that. So that's how you become it. When you want to talk about influencer marketing, influencer marketing puts a solution to the current dilemma in influencer marketing, which is how do you measure influencers? Okay, what's the impact? But number two is we don't, it's not a purchase by post. Marketeers are, the marketer's dilemma is everyone wants to create a piece of content that connects emotionally. It's a very big challenge. And when you put a post with a picture that holds the product, it's hard to connect emotionally. When you create sketch TVC ads that are then posted on social media, it rarely, you know, there's a chance it doesn't connect emotionally. Every TikTok connects emotionally because it's got the elements of music, it's got the elements of the idea, the concept, the act, something people have never seen before. And the most important thing is every video that someone sees has the feeling of this is someone like me. So what we're doing here is when we're working with brands, we're telling them create TikToks, not ads. And if you want to create TikToks, not ads, come and work with our creators. And we have tools that allow brands to go in and fill a brief. And then based on the brief that they that they fill, they get access to the creators that fit their brief. And then accordingly, they can connect with them and work with them. You have this list of all the creators on TikTok that can work with certain brands? Yes. And how is that monetized? Do you guys get a cut of it or is it between the creator and the brand? No, there's no, it's not a game. We are not a... We are not an influencer agency. If, if a client is working with us, say they're booking a hashtag challenge. To do a hashtag challenge, they need to have a list of creators that they're working with in order for them to bring the hashtag challenge to life. To match the idea that they want to do and the hashtag challenge to come to life and the brand identity and the brand uh, strategy, we put all of that together and we recommend a group of influencers or creators, as we call them, who are most fit to bring this to life. And that's how it comes together. Sometimes, most of the time, they actually connect and they brief on their own. A lot of the time, they work with us and our creative team from Creative Lab and more to, in order for us to help them identify the idea. So there is a big education game on trying to say, if you can do it, go for it. There's a couple of brands that have done amazing work on their own. Uh, but there's a lot of brands who come to us and say, teach us how to TikTok. And as we teach them the process, we teach them a very simple thing. There's no such thing as a formula for a TikTok. A TikTok is a simple video that is real authentic 
and that is not scripted and that is of a clear message and a beginning and an ending. Um, there's no there's no magic to it. But to learn how to TikTok, you need to use TikTok. You need to watch TikTok. You need to check the challenges on TikTok. It's like authors. If you want to write a book, you have to read a lot of books. Um, so that's that's how we do it. It's a game of educating the industry to come and say, you know what? You can choose the people. You have a machine that will give you all the stats, all the details, how much, how many followers they have, and all. You know, it's very, it's a very transparent process. How does a brand uh, market itself on TikTok? You know, is the, what's the formula? But you're telling me there isn't one. The for, no, the formula to for people to market is is very well defined. There are various offerings that are uh, that our advertising team puts into place. There, are, if you're a brand, you can come to do an awareness activation with a hashtag challenge. We can co-create it with you. We can guide you on an idea that you come up with. We can create it for you from scratch. If you're not doing that and you don't want to do a hashtag challenge and you want to do a four-week performance campaign, there's someone who can help you with that and you can run a four-week performance campaign and you can run the end of the funnel and use in-feed ads and many other tools and, and formats that we have. These challenges, are they paying you guys to, to have it on the platform or can it be from you know the ground up where they they can inspire people to take part in the challenge how exactly does it work how does tiktok make money so we make money out of ads we make money out of hashtag challenge fees we make money out of in-feed ads and inventory and cpm deals uh, create you know brands can actually do it themselves with our self-serve platform that we have and not only that because of how our market is defined egypt saudi kuwait and many other markets our self-serve platform is also available in arabic so we have a full rounded solution you can we're accessible so we can handhold you and help you every step of the way and we charge you for what you purchase there's no charging for hey i'm giving you my time no you book a hashtag challenge, you pay for the inventory that comes with the hashtag challenge, you pay to, you pay the creators that you're booking in the hashtag challenge, you want to do an in-feed campaign, we'll guide you on how to optimize it, we can optimize it for you, you can do it in self-serve and do it yourself. And you know, if you're a small business, um, there, we've launched a grant last year that allows us to give you a kickstart. Um, so the first $300 is free, and then we match every dollar to $1,500. And you know, there's creative support, and that's how it works. Now. When it comes to brands doing it themselves, they can work with creators. A lot of them are now working with what they call their ambassadors. So a couple of beauty brands have their TikTok ambassadors now. So they work with them and it's part of a much bigger deal that we have with them in order for them to balance their organic and paid. Let's not forget one thing. When brands are working organic, they're working based on the cumulative reach of the creators that they're working with. And that has two challenges. Challenge number one, and it's not a TikTok challenge, it's an industry challenge. Challenge number one is you're bound to the cumulative reach that those creators have. You can't get more. As much as you push, you can't, you, co- you don't control that. The second thing is the targeting is not very specific. Some creators have a wide range or a wide uh, demographic of followers. What paid ad does, it allows you to say, I'm going to use their organic push, but I want to increase that. I want to actually triple the reach. I want this is my benchmark to the to the to the reach that I need to get. This is the effective frequency that I need to get. I don't want my inventory to go outside an age bracket of 19 to 25. There's a lot of brands that do that. So paid allows you to, c- to control where the exposure is going. Organic allows you to you know get to the loyal followers of that creator. But what's most important in working with creators is their ability 
to create simple content that can connect emotionally in the TikTok way. So it doesn't look like an ad. And that's sort of the format we're bringing together. So whether you want to do awareness campaign and use the power of the hashtag challenge, or whether you want to run a performance campaign or an awareness campaign via in-feed ads, whether you want to do it on your own or with us, all the infrastructure and the way we're structured as a team is meant to support that. Whether you're a big spender, a number, you know, working with an agency and you're top in the market, or whether you're a small, uh, a small, a small to medium business that's just getting started and need to test and see how you can support your business, uh, the actual team have created a digital hub called the Hive. And if you don't have time to access someone from TikTok, or you're, you, you know, you want your you want to access information now, you can access that and you can check all the presentations that are there, all the tips that are available there. There's a Creators Ad Academy that's that's launching this week as well for small and medium businesses. So there's also a lot of material that we're trying to put there to educate everyone on how to TikTok. I mean, I was going to ask, what advice would you give to, say, a startup? Should they join as a brand or should the CEOs join as themselves and show the kind of personal aspect of their work or what their company does? Can can companies, brands build up the same kind of following on TikTok that an individual does? Of course. So the the context is different, though. Right. Um, we, we were actually talking about this this morning with the team on, you know, brands that can come in to act like creators. At the end of the day, there's a couple of brands that do that really well. Um, you've got people like the Washington Post globally. They have an amazing page where it's all about their people. And they really showcase the culture of their people and how they do the news and how fun it is so that you know the newspaper as we know it is actually fun and people connect with the culture of what it brings to the table. So yes, brands can do that. Um, film, film and series platforms like you know NBC here, um, Wayak, uh, uh, Rutana, Synergy, and many of them have found a place to tell stories the TikTok way. They create memes out of their sketches. They choose a sketch out of a series and they put it out as a comedy. They have talk shows where there's you know life coaching moments and they take that and they put them. So they create many TikToks out of their content and they're garnering millions of followers. Um, what we're trying to teach everyone is to always run the balance of organic and paid, right? It's not a game of saving when you're doing organic. It's a game of, of balancing and targeting and reach. There's so many dynamics that could get to there. Our commitment to every marketeer out there is we will have every single resource that is designed for you to achieve your objective in the easy way. If you're a small to medium business, you go to TikTok for Business website now, you can apply to the grant, you can get access to the hive, you can get the training, you can ask for a meeting and get support, you can get educated on self-serve and do it yourself. We'll teach you how to work with creators. If you're a big brand and you have, you want to go all in on TikTok, we'll get a team to work with you. We'll have a multi, you know, uh, a multi-dimensional deal of creative support, of you know, paid media and efficiencies, and on influencer and creative management. That that's that's what we're offering. It's everyone that needs to come to TikTok needs to really take the full benefit of what the platform can, can offer. It's not just a dance and singing platform. It's a platform for creative expressions that can allow anyone to come and leverage this narrative and this culture that is currently booming all around the world and ride on it. 
Let's talk about the algorithms because that tends to get a lot of uh, coverage and no one seems to completely understand how it works. Can you shed some light on how the algorithm is unique, how it's managed to create the community that it has? It's a very simple, it's, it's a, there's a very simple explanation to, to how the algorithm works. The algorithm on TikTok, or let's call it the For You page, is designed for discovery of talent and is designed for discovery of content. If I like music, my feed is going to be fueled with music content. If you like food, your feed is going to be filled with food content. Um, not everyone has a single piece of interest. On average, a person has multiple interests, but the feed is going to be personalized. You're going to see more and more of what you like. That's basically it. It's not based on who you follow. It's based on what you like. How does it discover what you what you like, though? If you've just joined, I mean, what do you get given? And how does it know that this is particularly the sort of content that you like to consume? So think about the streaming services that are out there. You know, the Spotify's, the Netflix's, the Anrami's, and how that algorithm works. It starts from what you, what you watch first, what you skip, what you like, what you comment on, what you share, what you download, who you start following. It all starts building up until it knows what are your interests. The nice thing about watching TikToks is it's not only do you showcase signals of love to the content, but you can also you, know, you can also show signals of you know dislike. So for example, you can tap on a video and say, "I'm not interested in, in this content. I don't even know the language that's being spoken. I, you know, this video is is something that I can't accept on my feed. I want to report this video." Um, so there is that control of telling TikTok what you like and what you don't like. And accordingly, it starts building that. And the more you consume TikTok, the more it knows you and the more it starts showing you stuff that you like. That's pretty much it. Like there's no secret science to it. And when people say, um, we get that question a lot from influencers and creators, um, why did this video do a million views and then the video after get 200? And we say, it could be the idea. It could be that you've chosen a trending song. It could be on that day, there were no other trends that were trending and you ride the, you ride the wave where there was no noise. It could be timing. It could be, you know, it could be many things. And that's why we tell people, it's not about always delivering the one million. If you're posting every day and consistent, at some point in time, you start fluctuating, but then it's gonna become consistent. And the magic here in consistency is the more content you give TikTok, the more it will be able to try and find the audience that loves your content. And it starts finding first the people who are core. So who loves comedy? Then who does comedy and food? Then who, so it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, lo it's, it's logic. It's not a secret formula in a secret lab or whatever. It's just, it's just saying that it's not capped to who you follow. It's based on discovery. So there's no organic cap. And it's based on consistency. If you're consistently creating good quality content, eventually you start hitting big numbers. How much of it is curated specifically by TikTok? How big of an editorial role, let's say, does TikTok play uh, in, in deciding what content is shown on the feed? On the For You page, there's no curation. There's community management. Let me put it this way. We watch content every day on TikTok. If you go to TikTok now, you'd see a page called the Discover page. On the Discover page, every day you probably see a new challenge that's being routed, right? Those challenges are inspirational cues for people to figure out what's trending. And those trends are created by creators and people. 
or by TikTok uh, collaborating with brands? So there are two there are two roles here. So if there's a brand activity and that you know a brand is trying to trigger uh, uh, a challenge or an idea, it goes on the Discover page, of course. If we're doing a partnership, say like we do with Amar every end of year, and we're doing the 2020 Make a Wish or 2021 Make a Wish, that goes there. So there is a percentage that's curated as part of the narratives that we're trying to create. Even when we're trying to create new uh, new categories, when we first started launching learning, we had to do a couple of challenges to surface and get people who enjoy learning to come up and say, ah, they're doing learning now. Let me share my videos. And that's how you start growing the community. The challenges have multiple formats. One, it allows the community to come together. Two, it teaches people how to create new things. And three, it allows people to write trends in order for them to grow. But You'd also see a lot of creators like Aimitu in Saudi, like Basil Laughs here, and many, many others who actually, the narrative on their feed has nothing to do with challenges. They found their own sweet spot and people love them and they're garnering millions of followers. So the curation piece is in us, number one, supporting the creators community. We use the Creators Academy a lot to teach people what to create. You can do learning, you can do memes, you can do you know core, the content that you love. You can. There's so many ways you can, in fashion, you can do transitions, you can do slow-mos, you can do zoom-ins, you can do just the eye, just the mouth, whatever. Um, and as you start building that, content starts surfacing. As content starts surfacing, people start writing on it. As people start writing on it, trends start coming to life. Once trends start coming to life, we put them on the challenge page. And that's sort of how it goes. Some of them are triggered. A lot of them are coming from creators. We, we once woke up, there's a, there's a really uh, young kid called uh, Isam al-Najjar. Uh, Isam al-Najjar in September last year uh, dropped a song called Hadal Habik, I Will Keep Loving You, in Arabic. Um, acoustic, just, just. With time, people loved it. He dropped a piece from it and people started creating content on it. They started creating vlogs on it all on it. It went viral. And then someone in a global market um, wanted to do an effect. They did a slow-mo of, of, of the song and they created another format of vlog and that song went viral worldwide. Today, his official song has 50 million views on YouTube. It has 5 million views on Spotify. It's the number one most Shazam song worldwide. It's the number one most uh, global, it sits on the number one global charts of Spotify and he's just been signed to a label. This all started on TikTok, like we had nothing to do with this. All we did was he was part of our music community and he was being taught how to be trending on TikTok, how to create variety of content, how to be consistent, how to fix his light, how to fix his voice and audio in order for him to get to where he wants to get. And the moment he dropped his first original, the guy's the global sensation right now and we're very proud of him. So we create the environment and the environment provides the trends and then you know the story just keeps going on and on. So I signed up to TikTok last year, uh, I think, with with that wave, and I did um, cooking tutorials. So I was called the posh cook, and I say was because I end up deleting it because I was spending way too much time, and it started eating into my day. Um, but you know, I was using classical music in the background. I was creating these tutorials. I was sharing them on my Instagram as well, and the feedback I got was was great. But in terms of who was able to view it, it was very regionally focused. And because it was in English, I wanted to target, uh, you know, the UK market or the US market. But I found it difficult uh, the, when I was checking who was liking it or sharing it. It was people based in Iraq. It was people in, in the UAE. So how does that work? How does a, a content creator from the region who may only be focusing on the English language reach out to, to the wider world? 
consistency. Consistency is the only way about it. Like if I am if I am a content creator, okay, I need to be consistently creating content to build momentum. Because it's a game of it's it's like working out. If I'm in the gym every day, I'm improving every day. I stop for two, three weeks. I've went three, four steps back. I need to just re-warm up again. Those in the region do get feeds or the content from people in the US and the UK. My feed was filled with like the global stuff. And it just seems a bit um, unfair that, you know, content from the region kind of stays here until it really gets big. Look, I don't think there's a science to... And there, I mean, there's no pre-designed science to say if you're a creator from this region, you're only viewed here. And, you know, there's so much. You're probably seeing a lot of global content because you're interested in English content. That's sort of what brings it in. There's a lot of people in the region that don't, don't even speak English and their feed is filled with the Arabic content that's available from here from the market. So because it's personalized, no two feeds are the same. And in that narrative and in that logic, the only winner in that process is consistency. Think about how many videos are being created every day. Think about how many views are being spread out towards all the videos that are being created every day. And if you put that put that narrative, once you start putting yourself in the global pool, you're now one in a million versus when you're in the regional pool, you're probably one and a half or whatever. I'm just saying for the context, not, not the numbers. But equally so, that doesn't mean that people who are creating English content won't work. And Basil Laughs is a perfect example. Um, so in that narrative, the only common thing across the board, like any example I can look at, the one thing that's common with all those creators is consistency. Even brands who want to come on board, if they're not consistent and they're only coming to TikTok when they're doing campaigns, if they're not, if they don't have a creative strategy to work with 10, 15 creators a year to create content continuously on their pages, eventually they're going to get to a hard stop. And once you get to a hard stop, other videos are going to take your place on the For You page. People are going to forget and then you're going to have to start from scratch and so forth. And that's the thing that people don't get. Uh, people say, when I want to start creating content, they expect that they've cracked the code from day one. What we tell creators is, and brands and everybody, look, you need to get started. As you do more and more and more, you're going to find your tone of voice. You're going to find your narrative. You're going to find your context. It's like anything. You're not going to get it from the first time. I mean, I realized how time consuming it is to actually create something, even though it's just one minute. It requires planning. It requires doing the work. This is why I think perhaps it is very popular with the younger uh, generation, because they can dedicate far more time than someone who has a nine to five. So we all know that Mina is a melting pot of, you know, of, of, young, of a young population. Like, what's the latest stat? 70%, 80% are under 35. Like, that's where we're still, we're still around that. Which means, I'll give it, you know, and then the secondary stat is this region is one of the highest content consumption regions of video format globally, per capita, whatever it is right now. So there's a lot of hunger for content creation or content consumption at the same time. There's a lot of people who found, who found that balance. A lot of people can't, but there's a lot of people who can. And if you're bored on a Saturday, you can record like seven, eight videos, keep them in your draft and then post them when you're ready. And sort of that gives you now an activity to fill your Saturday afternoon. So I think it all goes back to, you know, that balance of finding time. Let's talk about a bit more of the controversial stuff. Uh, TikTok is now banned in India. What does that mean for the content creators there or for, for the brands that, you know, want to reach out to the Indian markets? What impact is this going to have? So our comment, so when we're building presence in various markets, we're building presence with, um, with local teams, local offices, and trying to work on 
making sure that our experience is localized. Just like I said, this is how we entered Tumina. Um, the current situation in India is unfortunate. It's, uh, it's officially not there. And we're working with the authorities in order for us to find solutions and ensure that we relay to them our commitment to anything that is in line with the local requirements in order for us to stay in business. And this means that we were going to have to work on uh, you know, the structure, the process, and everything until we put a case on the table that says, all right, we can get back to India. At this stage, I don't have any comments on, 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 on the India market because the state is, is still as it is. But what we can say is, in every single market that we're, that we're present in, we've got a local team that is dedicated to ensure that TikTok is positioned as a safe platform, as a positive platform, and as a platform that is dedicated to creativity. And, you know, hopefully we'll see us, you know, do more stuff there very soon. As a Chinese-born company, how has that impacted the culture of TikTok? So TikTok as a company is not Chinese. It's it's a global company that's available in 150 markets, 75 languages. It's owned by a Chinese holding, but it doesn't operate in China. And that's allowed TikTok to really take on the global identity that it has. So when it comes to the Chinese influence, that's the question that we ask. What's the Chinese influence? We're a global platform that is catered to doing two things, supporting creative expression, bridging cultures from 150 markets all over the world, allowing creators to access a canvas to showcase their creativity and making sure that we are safe and positive through and through. And as that becomes our mantra of inspiring creativity to bring joy, that becomes our focus towards anything that we want to do, whether it across any markets that we operate in. There was another thing about the algorithms. I remember when I was doing a bit of reading last year about how you can become popular on TikTok, almost every single one of them said, be good looking or be beautiful. I read recently that content created by some say in the the disabled community or African-Americans don't get pushed out as much onto the For You page. Is that true? What determines um, beauty in that sense? So the short answer is TikTok is for everyone, by everyone. Uh, the story of disability is actually, it goes back to when we started uh, our journey at the beginning and we were building our community guidelines. And there were some clauses that were very specific to bullying and cyberbullying and just sort of all of that. So the clauses at the time were not ideally written out. They were made to protect uh, people with disability from bullying, which then got changed. In fact, we've continuously kept on updating and uh, enhancing and iterating our community guidelines to ensure inclusion and to ensure that everybody has a voice, but to ensure that everyone is also protected. Our community guidelines today on topics like you know, bullying or, or, or bad, you know, people attacking other people and so forth is very strict. If someone is seen breaking the community guidelines, they will get banned from the platform. And there's a lot of, a lot of examples on that. If we look at the volume of content that gets removed before anyone reports it, it's a, you know, it's a whopping 98%. And this is something that we've released in our latest transparency um, uh, report that we launched, that we released end of last year. And if we look at those 98%, you know, 89% of them has been removed before even having any view on them. So there is big dedication to ensure that safety and positivity sits at the top 
of what we're doing. And it's very simple. It's not only important because we have to. It's not only important because it's a industry thing that's very important. It's not only important because as an industry, we haven't been able to crack this at 100%. It's very important because we do identify that we've inherited from the Music Today's a large population of Gen Zs. We are lucky to have a wide range of balance now with the diversity of content that has naturally bred that, that evolution. But if we are to remain a creative platform for people to come and express their creativity, it's very important that our environment is welcoming. How much control should the platforms have? I mean, right now there is a debate about Twitter and Facebook and, uh, you know, banning Trump. Um, so how much responsibility does the platform, and I'm talking generally now, how much responsibility does the platform have for the content that is published on, on that platform? Should they exercise the right to censor or not? Where do you stand on that? With platforms that allows anyone to upload content comes a big responsibility. And at TikTok, I'll tell you what we do. And maybe that could explain the point of view that we stand. At TikTok, we do three things to ensure a safe and positive environment. Number one, what everybody's doing. A moderation team with the highest level of technology that allows us to flag content accurately and effectively and to screen content 24 hours a day to ensure that we are getting the best content on the feed. And that involves man and machine because machine doesn't know sentiment, man knows sentiment. Like there's a lot of that combination is, is there. And it's a top priority in how we resource it and how we support it and how we train all that stuff. The second thing we do is we have something called power to the user. The power to the user allows the user to control all the privacy settings that they want. They can obviously block people. They can define by video or by account the privacy settings of a comment of the video itself. Can people duet? Can people stitch? Can people you know, send me direct messages? All of that is in full control by the user. They can report videos if they don't like them so easy. Just tap on the button on, on tapping the video. Um, so that power to the user comes in one. Another thing on power to the user is connecting what's what we call family pairing, which is connecting the parent's phone to the children's phone. So anybody who's 13 and up is on the app. If you're caught, if, if you're under if you're under age and you're you're seen by a moderator and it's an account that's clearly for uh, someone who's under the legal age of being on TikTok, the account gets banned and blocked. And if you're over 13 and as a parent you want to control that, you can family pair it two accounts and you can control the privacy settings. You can activate restriction mode that has higher sensitivity filters beyond the global privacy settings. And you can also uh, restrict the time, 30, 60, and 90 minutes as a parent. So it also gives power to the parents to be at ease of controlling or being aware on how the environment which their young, uh, young children are actually consuming the content. The third part which is also very important, is awareness. We do a lot of awareness campaigns. We're actually continuously, every month, we have a theme that we're working with. We've launched last year, in the middle of last year, something called the Safety Ambassadorial Program. We're working with celebrities, we're working with KOLs, we're working with creators in order for us to keep the messaging out. We've had campaigns in Egypt to talk about bullying. Why? Don't do that. You know, when, when someone's trying to be creative, they're at the beginning of the creative journey, they're finding their voice. If you don't like their content, just skip up. If you like their content, give them a praise. If you have something to say about how you'd like them to do it, 
So there is continuous gameplay on awareness. As a global platform where in you know one country something may be legal, in another country it's not, uh, is that curated so that what's illegal in one country won't see that content? Or is it you know a global platform, kind of anything goes as long as you stay within the guidelines? No, on the contrary. There are, I mean, there are the global obvious community guidelines, right? So terrorism, you know, illegal stuff, uh, you know, uh, nudity, uh, bullying, uh, act of dangerous, uh, dangerous acts that may put people, other people in danger and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, that is, that's a global guideline that applies to anyone everywhere, right? But in MENA, we are a much more conservative uh, culture, right? Whether in what we accept in topics or whether what we accept in in outfits or whether we are, there are local and we actually work with the local authorities we work with consultants we work with everyone to ensure that our local moderation is very much a part of what the market requires because again if i need you know our uh, youth in egypt or in saudi or in kuwait or in jordan or in morocco or in tunisia to be creative the environment that needs to be there needs to be an environment that they can approve to be present as part of it. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. To every market is its guidelines. And not only are we working on this on a product side, we're also on the ground working with the proper authorities to ensure that we're abiding by the rules and regulations and norms and cultures of every single market we operate in. So we've seen the content develop. During the election, we saw TikTok being used by activists. So it, it really has developed. What's next for TikTok? Where are we going to see TikTokers being active? So uh, the one thing that's going to remain as a primary focus is the ability to keep TikTok as a preferred destination to share creative expressions. There are a couple of updates that we started to offer. Number one, obviously short form, one minute, everybody knows this. Number two, we've recently rolled out in our market uh, a three-minute uh, length for videos. So if you are a tech creator, gamer, uh, food, or any learning or certain categories that just can't do just 60 seconds, you are now okay to go with what we call the short long form, which is three minutes compared to the 15, 30 minutes. And you're able to upload up to three minutes and showcase the stories that you're making. Live content on TikTok is actually very, is a very big priority for us. Our live is not based on people opening up the cameras and then looking at it and then saying, hi, Mariam, hello, Ahmad. No, what we do is we work very closely with our creators. We actually have creators that do live more than they do short form content. And we teach them to create 60 minute segments and to play games, to perform, to, it's like programming. And that's what we've gotten into. That's why we've also went as far as doing the first creative concert for Nancy Ajram. We've done concerts with Samira Saeed. On New Year's Eve, we planned a six hour program with over 12 performances from comedy to you know optical illusion tricks to singing to you name it, football, f- football freestyle, which is a huge topic on TikTok. So we're teaching people to create content. So if 60 seconds is not enough and three minutes is not enough, go live. And in live, creators can get monetized because people send them gifts. And as they send them gifts, they start making money. If they're consistent, 
and they're creating, and to say, a live feed every Wednesday, people will start anticipating that they're going to come. Oh, they were great last time. You missed them coming next Wednesday. So you know when they're coming back. So live is going to be another another part of it. And we also, what the pandemic did to us, it shifted music, it shifted publishing, it shifted a lot of places to go and start leveraging live. So what we're trying to do now is, is allowing the creators to build that ecosystem, so to build that game. And the second thing that's a major, major priority for us is TikTok Creators Academy. How can we fill gaps in the market? How can we help and contribute hand in hand with NBC Academy, with Image Nation, with New Media Academy, with the likes in Egypt and in Lebanon and in Morocco in order for us to support the nurturing of upcoming talent? And how can we start taking what we recently launched, which is the uh, uh, TikTok Creators Portal that allows people to access classes and modules so easily in, in every single language. Now, the English one is launched. We're working on uh, releasing the Arabic one. So in that context, it becomes a game of how can we provide the creators more capabilities to create content? One minute, three minutes, live tutorials, um, the uh, the features that we have and all that stuff. How can we inspire them with creating the variety of ideas just that we talked about food now? And then how can we scale the academy from digitizing all, uh, all the tutorials to creating masterclasses, workshops, collaborations, projects, and everything that comes with it? We're still getting started. The Middle East is just in a perfect, amazing place where entertainment in particular music, series, film, performance arts. It's just getting started all over again. It's reignited. We've seen the streaming platforms that have built the market in the past seven years. We've seen streaming services starting to get active, starting to buy content. This industry is being reborn. And that's a great potential. If we can nurture talent and we can fuel that and we can be part of that, that's what we're going to double down on. So it's not too late to become a TikTok star in the region. No, now now is the time. I'll I'll, I'll uh, sign up again and start making videos. And feel free to reach out at any time. We're more than happy to help you, guide you. In fact, um, we for Arabic speakers, we're launching the English one soon. Um, if you search for the word trending or the Arabic word trend, um, you will get access to the most trending music, the upcoming challenges, the TikTok Creators Academy portal. Um, and we've started with Arabic because a lot of the English content is already available. So you look for it, you find it. But if you look for the content's Arabic, a lot of the content is not even there. So we're starting by localizing that content and eventually ensure that every single person in MENA, Arabic or non-Arabic, has access to the information. Um, the creator portal is a perfect start uh, for us. Is that free? Yes, of course. You actually can access it from your profile. So if you go to your profile menu, you scroll down, there's something called Creators Portal. You click on it and you enjoy the modules from getting started to getting monetized and everything in between. All right, so Rami, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Rami and thanks to you for listening. You can listen to all of our podcasts on wamda.com or through your podcast provider.